if you place your importance on this, which is like appreciation, love, you know, it's like that, that is, that is enough. There's enough of that in everybody's life right now if they just took the time to look. What's up, beautiful people? You are now tuned in to the Mindset of a Hustler podcast, the number one place for millennials to develop their mindset and begin to unlock their full potential. This is your weekly no-bullshit dose of positivity and action steps to take to change your life. Let's get it. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Mindset of a Hustler podcast. Today, I am with Javon Taylor, the founder of False Ego, which is an eco-friendly apparel company here in Denver, Colorado. So, Javon, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. This is a blessing, for sure. Appreciate it. Absolutely. If you can just tell us a little bit about <coughs> False Ego and what it's all about and where it started. Yeah, for sure. Um, False Ego, like you said, is an eco-friendly apparel company, but... Beside, I mean, outside of the, you know, sustainable fashion part, we pretty much use our products to serve bigger initiatives. Mm-hmm. So right now we're doing a bunch of community initiatives like planting, replacing concrete in the area or five points area with uh, native trees and plants. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're sponsoring local students at George Washington High School, partnering with some universities, uh, a bunch of different things. But I think I love the fact that people know us as like a fashion brand, but I'm like also want to expand the impact that we're able to make. Through but, the fashion itself. But it started as a fashion brand. For sure. Right? Absolutely. Yeah, it started as a fashion brand. I think the ultimate goal is to be like customer empowerment tool. But how it all started, I was going into my last semester of college mm-hmm. and I was doing my internship at this aviation aerospace company. I was a wellness coordinator for them. And that was my first time you know, getting experience or professional experience outside of playing basketball. And during that time, I was just like, all right, uh, let's see who Javon is. You know, what, yeah. what do I want to do? What is what am I all about? So I started trying different things, started graphic designing, started doing all these YouTube tutorials and mm-hmm. kind of just like trying stuff out. And I really fell in love with the graphic design part of it and started doing a bunch of research on different like cool companies. Uh, like G-Star Jeans was one of them. Uh, Broccoli City Festival was another one. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, you find these really cool brands that are like making like cool impacts through like selling products or just having festivals or like having a community. And I was like really inspired and started diving into the environment and kind of found how Colorado didn't have a eco-friendly clothing brand from Colorado, you know, because a lot of, at the time, even still now, a lot of eco-friendly brands mm-hmm. are mostly based in Europe and they're mostly oh, like wow. women's fashion. So I was like, okay, um, here's like a, 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 a like a, exactly yeah. a bridge, like a gap I can fill. And um, from there, I kind of just ran with it. I think a lot of people feel like I just had this idea and it all just like panned out like mm-hmm. how it did. But I think it took a lot of learning. I think it really had to embrace that part. Any entrepreneur listening to this, I think you have to starting out. I think the main goal should just be like get as many resources as you can mm-hmm. and learn as much as you can. And uh, the vision will build from there. Most definitely. I think, well, my first business plan I ever wrote was a recycling program for an mm-hmm. apartment complex uh, or apartment complexes. And I don't know, I was trying to really just like fill gaps. Like that was my whole goal. Like, all right, like what gaps can I fill for the environment? Because a lot of people mindlessly consume, they mindlessly throw away their waste, Mm -hmm. they mindlessly just live. You know, so like how can I create more conscious human beings to help the environment? That was like the original like purpose. And um, like I said, kind of just started 
<clears throat> diving into the you know creative aspects of you know graphic design and from there just kind of just ran with it like I, it was a bunch of ex- like experiment experiential activities mm-hmm. of like just trying different things graphic design to writing to you know recycling programs right. to get involved with you know biking and recycling companies it's a bunch of different things but i think overall through all that experience i learned that i could do it myself and i was like all right all I have to do is like really build a community behind what I'm doing mm-hmm. and then they'll tell the story for me and then it'll just like grow yeah. organically. Um, the community aspect is huge. For and sure. That, that's something that Malcolm and I always talk about. Absolutely. Is the foundation of mindset of a hustler mm-hmm. is what's going to help everything else out. For sure. Whereas some people kind of create a, a design for a shirt and mm-hmm. they think it's just going to sell itself. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I think, I mean, like our design we first came out with when we first opened the store was culture is currency. And what that meant to us was, um, like, the culture, the community that you build over time serves as your your currency, especially when you first start out. Because, like, you're not getting, you know, thousands and thousands of people from Seattle or these different places right. to buy your garment. They don't know about you. So, like, the core community you build right in front of you is, like, your currency. That's how, you know, that word spreads around. That's how you start to gain credibility. That's how you, like, really build a movement is, like, you start mm-hmm. with what's in front of you. And um, so, yeah, I think that's the most important part of it. But, I mean, back to the origin story. Uh, from there, I just kind of just, like I said, just like really start diving into the learning portion. And I'm getting invited to this. Uh, this is like three or four months into False Ego. I uh, was on my Gary V shit and just was <laughs> like, yo, like I'm going to reach out to like 50 people a day. Yeah. And was reaching out to all these different companies and organizations and whatever. But. Uh, I ended up reaching out to this conference is uh, called the Wear Conference in Toronto, and the whole goal was just like get their feedback. Like, hey, I love what you guys are doing. I'm Javon Taylor. Uh, we love their feedback on what I'm doing. And they were like, hey, Javon, thanks for reaching out. We love for you to, you know, I think we think our conference would be a great place to do your market research at. And I'm like, oh shit, um, can I get a booth? I'm just kind of like being more bold. Mm-hmm. And they were like, yeah, like what's your email? And I'm like, bro, there's no way, this is, there's no way this is real. <laughs> And um, so I sent him my email, got more information about it, and it was one of the best conferences I've ever been in my life. Like, mm-hmm. there was North Face was there, Arcteryx, Lululemon, Eileen Fisher, wow, Audi, like, all these huge companies, like, people from all around the world were there to talk about how to build more sustainable, com- more sustainable business models mm-hmm. in your business. And <clears throat> I walked away with so much information. Like, there, this was 2018, October 2018, and they were talking about stuff in 2022. Like CO2 machines that could dye a t-shirt with one drop of water. Wow. Um, recycling programs where you can like give a garment a full life cycle. Um, Audi was there talking about how they're going to like put mushroom leather in their seats in the cars. Um, all these different initiatives, like just tons and tons of stuff. Blockchain, you know, like they were talking about stuff back then. I had to like use blockchain for like your, um, supply chain models hmm. and all these different things. I'm just like, wow. Like, okay. Some of the stuff I didn't even know what they were talking about. I know now, but I just came back with a bunch of information, didn't know what to really to do with it. But I was like, I know I want to start a recycling program. I know I want to get better quality garments. And I know I want to like add education piece to it. Cause there's this company called Cotton. What it's like K O T N. And pretty much what they do, they use Egyptian cotton. So in Egypt, you know, on the facilities where they grow the cotton, they, um, backstory, I guess, uh, in fashion, you know, with fast fashion and just like these big companies, a lot of times, like their supply chains aren't really like ethical. 
and they pretty much exploit younger women and just younger people in general and they deny them education so you'll see a bunch of like 12 to 18 year old girls in these you know sweatshops down there and they're just slaving away and they're not going to school they're not getting education and they're just working the shop you know for the rest of their lives i actually saw this picture it was super sad i think it was in asia this lady had her baby like on a stack of shirts Whoa. like it gets real yeah. and so cotton their whole initiative is like yeah we're gonna you know have these facilities but they're gonna be ethical we're gonna have wind turbine power they're gonna have we're not gonna deny these you know young women or men education like we're gonna pay for the education mm-hmm. through this program and i thought that was super dope they were doing a bunch of cool things and i was like how can we you know like i said make that impact beyond our garments or our, our products and that was just like inspiration so came back home and started like researching what I could do like some of the stuff was like too big I didn't have mm-hmm. the budget or resources to do <laughs> right. it so like what can I do so I recycling company a recycling program and then also we had just gotten to a shop um so another backstory I was in standing marketplace and looking at this new shop called squadron mm-hmm. and they had just opened up probably a couple weeks before that and I asked them like yo like why don't you guys aren't, aren't you guys open on Mondays and Tuesdays and they're like uh, we don't have money to work them yet and light bulb just clicked. I'm <laughs> right. like, yo, like I'm, you know, a new entrepreneur. I can use some extra money on the side. Cause before that, I was door dashing to keep money in my pocket. So I was like, yo, I can definitely use a, you know, two day job. And so I went in for my interview, and the two owners had did, did the research on Facebook, I guess, and found out I had a brand too. And they're like, hey, you know, aside from you working here these two days, would you like to have your brand in the shop? Whoa. And I'm like, yo, what? This is. It was just all like kind of just aligning. Mm-hmm. Um. So just kind of ran with it. And I think that's what gave Falsigo like a real foundation. It was like, one, it gave us a physical location people can buy and experience our products. And then two, it allowed me to find a market that was willing to pay the price I would need to sell it at. Right. You know, because okay. buying more, you know, delicate, you know, fabrics or just like more intricate clothing items that are eco-friendly and cost more. Mm-hmm. Which you can sell them for more, but a lot of people, when you first start, one don't want to pay for shit, right. and then two, they don't really understand the importance of buying eco-friendly clothing. So you reach an older crowd, has more disposable income, and is willing to pay more. And then it's like, boom, here's your market, mm-hmm. and kind of just ran with it and started really building a community. Really started linking up with a lot of the local businesses in the marketplace, and uh, got a lot, a bunch of really cool connections. Three hundred three magazine, they had their office in there. Wow. Connected with them, the head marketing guy from same marketplace he was a big resource for me shout out to bryant and uh even the people who own the shop the squadron shop uh, chris and steph amazing resources they really like took me under their wing and like let me know what it takes to be run a shop and like right. you know be an entrepreneur so um it was i feel like it was my training wheels no it's sure. big have you always been inspired by helping the environment or was there a certain point in your life that was really impactful that you kind of had to step back and say wow i I need to make a change because something's going wrong here. I would say my mom planted the seed of like recycling within my head mm-hmm. and that kind of like sparked something in me, but I wasn't really taking it serious until like my, probably like my senior year, junior year, senior year in, in college where I was just on like a self-discovery mission. Like I was, I felt like I lost myself for a little bit in college mm-hmm. and I was like, all right, what do I know? I need to make changes. What do I need to do? So I started reading and really like getting in tune with myself. And I feel like as you do that, you like naturally start to build a connection with what's around you and the environment and the people around you. So it's like through that journey, I was just like, yo, I really want to make a change in the world. And like, how can I do this? Like, how can I do this organically or authentically? And <clears throat> found 
like I know I liked graphic design, I know I liked certain aesthetics, I know I liked, you know, these type of things. I was like, how can I blend these passions to actually make something out of it? And um kind of just ran with it from there. Where did the name come from? False ego. Yeah, I think our false ego, something that makes it hard for us to connect to anything outside of ourselves, you know, the people around us and the environment. So it's being an eco friendly company. We're trying to connect consumers to that bigger picture. Right. And uh, allow them to, you know, realize that they vote with their dollar every day. And, oh, definitely. And give them Most like people initiatives. Don't understand to, how much sure. that makes an impact in, in the changes that are made in society. For sure. Yeah, like I said, we vote with our dollars. So like if we can give people opportunities to support bigger initiatives or support local businesses, support minority owned businesses, then it's like that's the empowerment we're looking to give the customer. Definitely. And allow Did them you- to be more active consumers. Did you always have a storefront in mind? Um, yeah, I definitely always wanted a storefront. One, because it just helps you like be rooted. But I didn't think it would come this soon, honestly. Hmm. Uh, it kind of just happened really organically. So we were in somebody else's shop for about a year and a half, all of like 20 or the end of 2018 and all of 2019. Um, and then we were planning on getting our own shop in selling Marketplace. But then COVID happened, so the whole Marketplace shut down. So that was all scrapped. And then at that point, I was just like, all right, what's next? You know, right. kind of just like, I think it was good for me, though, because it made me like pause and like really think like, what do I really want to do? Mm-hmm. So COVID happened, marketplace shut down. Then I just started farming. I like, was farming like 45 hours a week. I had already been doing it the previous year, but then I just like went all in mm-hmm. all at the beginning of 2020. And then at the end of July or beginning of August, Eden so owns all these properties over here. Um, they hit me up. They're like, hey, we love what False Eagle's doing and we love for you to you know, check out some units we have that are vacant. And I was like, I didn't think it was real at first. Wow. I was like, yeah, this is crazy. So we checked out like four or five units and we picked this one and we're here now. Oh, it's a perfect spot. For sure. Perfect, perfect spot. Absolutely. And tell us a little bit about what you're planning on doing at this spot because it's not really just a, you come and shop for apparel. You, yeah. you have bigger plans for it. For sure. Yeah, definitely hosting events. You know, I, I mean, at the end of the day, of course, we want to sell our stuff, but we also want to give a platform to local creators, local entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. So we, as you can see all around, we have eight other vendors and artists, all local, which is really dope. And also, we want to host panels here. We want to we're actually about to create a learning lab, uh, partner with Tattered Cover pretty soon. Yeah, I mean, I think this is like <laughs> a dynamic space. We have yoga classes on the rooftop, uh, volunteer events. This is a whole nine, but yeah. I think right now is like kind of like the the year of expansion for the brand. And really, Definitely. like, find out what kind of impact we can make outside of our shop. How do you structure your schedule? Because you have so much going on. Yeah. No, How do you sure. stay focused on, on everything and, and maintaining the, the one vision that False Ego has? That's a great question. I think definitely Google Calendars helped a lot as far as, like, <laughs> right. structure. But I wish I was a little more structured. I think right now, I think I know direction I want to go. Mm-hmm. But there's so many opportunities that are, like, flowing in. It's hard to say no to a lot of them. You know, like, how can you say no to, like, oh, like a school program or, you know, this really cool opportunity to help, you know, the um, whatever. It's like a bunch of opportunities. But it's just like, oh, no, it's hard to say no to a lot of stuff right now. But I think it comes down to really setting priorities. All right. Like, what are my top three priorities? If anything doesn't fit that, then you have to put it on the back burner. Right. I don't know. I think this year is like past six, seven months you've been in the shop has like really forced me to always be clear on where I want to go. One, could have a team now. Mm-hmm. And if it's like, I'm lost, then they're lost too. Right. You know? And then also, it just helps, you know, with these opportunities flowing in, like, I know what to, like, filter out. Like, this doesn't align with what I really want to do, so I can't really focus on that right now. Although it sounds good. Mm-hmm. It's like, I got to, like you said, just kind of um, have those priorities straight. Love it. How many people <clears throat> are in the team now? So, we have a team of five. Five. Five of us, yeah. 
it, did they all start with you or how did that nah. come about? Yeah, so I was doing this solo for two years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uh, me and Ben Hur partnered up in June or like May, like May mm-hmm. of 2020. We were originally partnered up for like a nonprofit. And well, backstory, me and Ben had known each other in like middle school and we didn't, we reconnected uh, after college. And then, yeah, we originally uh, wanted to partner up on the education initiative for our nonprofit and then uh, end up getting this location. And then we've tried to blend the two. And now we're just like business partners doing like a bunch of different things. Oh, but awesome. uh, So yeah, then he brought on Miguel because they were friends from college. And then I met Rio who actually owned Vessel Water too. Met him at a Patagonia like yoga class oh, wow. last year, um, right before the pandemic hit. And then uh, Aubrey, we just hired Aubrey, our first like store employee, uh, about three months ago. So, so that's a completely different scenario when you have a team like you were saying that yeah. are dependent on you and, and making sure everything's going well. Do you feel like that's added pressure? Yeah, no, I wouldn't say it's added pressure. I think we all kind of work well independently, mm-hmm. and it's really cool just having like amazing people around you. I read this quote the other day I really like resonated with it. It said, the more incredible people you have around you, the less extravagant you have to be. Yep. And I think that's a pure example of my team. It's just like, I don't have to be this amazing person all the time because I have like an amazing group of people around me. Definitely. Um, so shout out to them for sure. <laughs> Most definitely. Yeah, I always agree with that. And having people around you that maybe something that you lack in or you're mm. not very, some of your weaknesses, someone yeah. else can help in that area. For sure. And, and I've always been all about asking others to help out. Absolutely. I think that's one thing I've learned, too, just having a team is not only being clear, but learning how to delegate, you know, learning mm-hmm. what is your strength. You know, a lot of self-awareness has to go into that because, you know, when you do things by yourself for so long, you get used to, I'll just, I'll just do it. You know, right. I can make it happen. You know, and it's like it comes a point in time where it's not time efficient and like time is money. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, this person, this is their strength. So therefore, I'm going to let them do that. And this is my strength, so I'm going to do this. And it's like learning how to delegate. But also, I think I said, it comes down to being clear, like what needs to be done, like what's a priority. So, Have you designed all of your graphics on each shirt? And yeah, I have, yeah. That's dope. Um, so yeah, I still do all the designing. I'm trying to like low-key step away from all that. And okay. uh, we're actually get a, about to get an intern from uh, CSU's merchandising and our product and merchandising department uh, this summer. So I'm excited about that. Better get our first intern. Going to be a paid intern, which is dope too. And uh, yeah, so I'm going to have him or her um, handle some of the designs for our next collection, which is going to be Very really cool. cool. Yeah, I mean, because you come out almost a new design every collection that comes out. Yep, for sure. So yeah, I mean, like the it's, it's cool like seeing the expansion of it. I just kind of see myself going towards more of the community initiatives mm-hmm. and like the bigger projects and like designing itself takes a long time. Right. So um, I kind of want to like, I want to oversee it. Definitely like, you know, steer the direction of the creativity. Mm-hmm. But as far as like the designs, I look, you want to start stepping, slowly stepping away from it. What has been <clears> the <throat> biggest challenge so far since you started False Ego? Sheesh. I would say, I don't know, there's like different challenges for like different parts of the journey. Mm-hmm. I think at first the biggest challenge was uh, capital, like finding money and then being confident in myself and like talking about yeah. what I'm doing. I think that was like the original challenge. I think also when you first start, it's hard to like do time management because mm-hmm. like you're your own boss in a way. So like you have to like, all right, I can't just wake up at 10 o'clock anymore. Like I got to wake up at six because I got this to do or whatever, like mm-hmm. kind of create your own time schedule because, you know, you're in school or you have a job, then it's like they make your time schedule for you. Right. But entrepreneur, you have to like, yeah, kind of make your own. So that was like a challenge. I think right now the biggest challenge 
is uh, sometimes patience. You know, I think <laughs> I have a lot of ideas and I know like they can really make a lot of impact, mm-hmm. but it's like having patience on like how they actually roll out. Right. Um, so I would say that's one of the biggest challenges right now, as well as just balancing everything. Because like you said earlier, like we're doing a bunch of stuff. So it's like, what time do I dedicate to this versus right. that? And so right now I'm kind of just like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm doing this. Tuesday, Thursday, I'm doing this and trying to like start a schedule there. I think it also comes down to like building the life you want to live. You know, I think that's why we brought on Aubrey. Uh, one, so she's an amazing person. But two, it allows me to step away. You know, like Monday, I mean, she's here Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. So those days, like I don't have to be here. But mm-hmm. I can also be in green spaces where we are the co-working space we have space in and like just be working, right. you know, like because I feel like right now sometimes the workflow gets interrupted because like people are still here to come see Javon mm-hmm. and I'm here at the counter and like I'm 30 minutes focused and then talking to somebody for, you know, 30 minutes to an hour, then 20 minutes. And then, you know, I never like get like three full hours to just right. like lock in. So that's kind of been a challenge. But working through that, trying to like just like structure out my days. But Good problems to have, though. Oh, definitely. You know, yeah, sure. staying busy is, is always good. <laughs> for sure. What is the most exciting thing you're you're looking forward to? And I want to say this year. I would say the one I'm looking most forward to is really replacing this concrete, uh, this five points area. One, it's just it's a, it's a huge impact, and like nobody's really focused on that right now. Two, it's just like I don't know. It can really be scaled to other places in the, not only this country, but the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause there's a bunch of urban areas that have been redlined historically or just marginalized communities that have been redlined and, you know, just depleted of resources, hence money, parks, trees. And we're looking to change that in Denver, starting right here in front of our property. So the phase one is going to be start putting planters in front of these like, uh, um, porch areas. Mm-hmm. Um, so getting plants ready. And then once we get these permits approved, and uh, city approval, then we'll actually start breaking down the concrete and replacing it with like native plants and native trees. Wow. Um, partner with Botanic Gardens as well. So that project is our partners are National Wildlife Federation, Denver Botanic Gardens, and UCD mm-hmm. um, with their architecture and design program. And that's uh, been dope. I think it's like, oh no, it's just really changed the landscape of this, this area. Mm-hmm. And then also, uh, like I said, once we like create this model, we can sell this toolkit or just give this toolkit to other developers, other communities, other business owners, et cetera, right. and have this go to like places like Baltimore or other inner city communities where they suffer from the same thing or even worse. Mm-hmm. So, because um, I, when I was doing this, when I first got onto this project, I was doing a bunch of research and um, I learned that this whole five points area is like 80% concrete. So in the, you know, in the summertime, it's 10 to 12 degrees hotter mm-hmm. than places like Cherry Creek or Park Hill, where there's like abundance of parks, abundance of trees. Right. Um, but we're spearheading it, which is really dope. You know, I think it's, I think one thing I've learned through this is how it's important for a small business to spearhead, you know, uh, initiatives like this. Because a lot of times these big nonprofits or just big companies in general or universities don't mm-hmm. really have that reach to talk to the actual community. You know, okay. and I, th- I think that's what we serve, Falsigo. It's like we serve as that conduit or like channel between these big companies and the people like actually in the hood or like mm-hmm. in the, in the neighborhoods. So, uh, which is dope because um, for like those people, voice don't really get heard a lot of times when initiatives like this happen. So we're like putting an extra extra focus on like how do we involve the gotcha. the community. And then I'm really really excited about this learning lab too. Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of things I'm excited about, but I said those are top two. No, that's super exciting. Yeah, you you can just talk 
about all of this and, and I would be interested for hours <laughs> because there's, there's so much to it. Like you, sure. you've incorporated so much to it. No, I love it. I, for sure. I'm going to take it all in, but Appreciate definitely that. all our, our listeners will, will take a lot out of this and, and yeah. look into the eco-friendly Please do. apparel and, and learn more about that and, and ways that they can help as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's the whole goal is like, you know, one to show, I want to be an example of like, you can just go for a dream and make it happen. Mm-hmm. And then two, I really want to just like, I don't know, educate people on like the impact they can make on an individual basis. Like you don't have to be this extravagant person. You don't have to be Nipsey Hussle. You don't have to be, you know, these people that, you know, are super popular, and, yeah. but you can make your own impact in your own community. And that's where it starts. It starts within yes. yourself. And then it starts in the community and you gradually build from there. Yep. Exactly. I think a lot of people get wrapped up in the ego part of things where they feel like they have to like literally make this extravagant change in the world or they didn't do anything. No. And that's all ego. It's like you change one person, you change the world. Exactly. Because who knows what that that person's impact can do and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So like, Yeah, I, I completely agree. I've always thought that way as well. For sure. No, I love it. Juwan, thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate you. Absolutely. How can people get connected with you? Um, how can they shop False Ego? And learn more about False Eagle. Yeah, um, definitely follow us on Instagram, false underscore eg zero. Our website is falseego.eco, like eco. Mm -hmm. Find us on Facebook, we're on LinkedIn too, which has been dope. I think LinkedIn is slept on resource. (laughs) But you can follow my personal at Javon Taylor 21. And yeah. Yeah, and you guys are open 11. Yeah, and you can come to Pavilion, uh, 2650 Walnut Street. We're open 11 to 7 every day, or 11 to 6 on Sundays. Um, but yeah, definitely come through. We got a bunch of different things coming on. I think we change the setup damn near every time, <laughs> doing something different every week. So come through, um, support the local vendors, support us, and let's start building this community, y'all. Appreciate sure. it, Javon. Absolutely. And we are out. Dope. Let's get lifted, let's get twisted, let's get with